All right, hello. Welcome back to the No Apologies podcast. I'm Morgan. I'm Angie. I'm Sophia. I'm Mara. And we welcome you to our second episode. Yay! (laughs) Today we are talking about minimalists, not versus, but minimalists or maximalists, because everybody's one or the other, or maybe somewhere in the middle. Um, (laughs) So our, our podcast is a group of women Um, We're all friends. We've all known each other for, like, most of our lives. Um, And we just like to have roundtables and talk about stuff and talk about issues, some issues, more lighter than others. But nevertheless, we love to laugh and have fun. So come and join us um, and hang out with us. Maximalist or minimalist? Mm. I guess we should Ooh. define first. Yeah, we should what, define What's that. a definition yeah. of minimalist yes. and what's a definition of maximalist? Um, should I look up like a Wikipedia, like a Google definition, or should we just say what we say well, let's it pull is? Up the, let's pull the Google definition because yeah. then we can argue the definitions and why we feel we fit in one versus the other more. Sh- uh, good idea. Okay. So... The definition for minimalist, a person who advocates or practices minimalism in art or music. So, but that's actually really interesting. So, someone who advocates for or practices minimalism. Right. Yeah. A minimalist intentionally focuses on what really matters. For some, this means eliminating the stuff that doesn't make them happy or things that only, keeping things that only spark joy. Um, Also, objects that are very, um, like, necessary in your house, like Mm -hmm. a toothbrush. So, like, yeah. minimalism is, you know, essentially people who only keep the bare minimum in their lives, in their house, in their car, wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't, like, in terms of, of, like, decorating, they they find, like, a blank wall very peaceful. That's so boring. I guess I just, I guess I just out of myself. I find a blank It's wall space peaceful. for you to breathe. It's space for my soul to breathe. Right. Golly, it's, okay. yeah. We are drawing lines in the goddamn sand <laughs> all right Jesus. Yeah. Okay. And then maximalism would be the opposite of minimalism, where maximalists enjoy, not like, it's not a hoarder, but they enjoy... Clutter. C- clutter. Stuff. Like, I'm, I would say I'm a maximalist. I enjoy being organized and knowing where everything is. But, like, with the wall example, I want a wall covered in photos. Yeah. Or, like... Okay, that's really Or paintings or whatever. Because, so, that's really interesting because, like, I look at your apartment... Yeah. And it's very much neutral colors. Yeah. Like, you have stuff, but it's... No, I associate minimalism with a lack of color and a lack of oh, clutter. Interesting. And, and not in, like, a disorganized kind of way, because, so to me, maximalism is, like, that scene in Howl's Moving Castle, when Howl's in his bedroom and Sophie walks in, and it's just, like, stuff in jewel tone colors <laughs> yeah. that moves and draws your eye, and, like, there's just stuff to look at everywhere, oh, and it's just so amazing, was because... It, was uh, it Kate Spade that had a house like that? Yeah, Kate Spade was a maximalist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Her house yeah. was just full of. See, I, I feel like I'm kind of in the middle, leaning more towards minimalist because I don't know if this relates with a minimalist, but 
every time when I come home, I take everything out of my car that I don't need. That's Mm. what I do. I don't understand you people. Well, this is probably my brain space talking, and I'll talk about why I'm a fan of maximalism versus minimalism due to my brain issues, but keep talking. Part of the reason is because I have friends that come in my car, and if I have crap in my car, if I was them, I wouldn't want to have to sit on a pile of crap. You know, I don't know. I just... Right. Yeah. I just feel like it's it's more comfortable... Right. ...for my car to be clean. Right. And not full of stuff I don't need. Yeah. So, Angie. So, talk about I am Talk done. about if you are a minimalist or a maximalist, and what is... What do you love about being one or the other? What, like, visually makes you happy, like, to, to see, like, how you decorate and stuff like that? So I probably, as a kid, like like my just core person of Angie, I think was always kind of a minimalist. Um, I like I can remember as a little girl and and even as and as a teenager, like on my dresser, I I could not handle having stuff all over my dresser. Mm-hmm. I had like this, this, and this, you know, and I remember that as a kid, but. This is where I think, and we can do, someday we'll probably do a podcast on trauma, Uh because um, when trauma entered my life and the sense of brain cancer and losing my husband and my own cancer journey, I think my minimalism shot off the charts. And the reason I say that is because um, things, to me, represent energy, So when there's too many things, I feel like it's literally zapping my energy. Right. So the the lack of things represents more energy for me to spread out and breathe. Yeah. So when I see when I see a room, like if you were at my house, which we're recording this at my house right now, and like I'm looking in this room right here, you know, there's like in the corner, there's a chair and there's one painting hanging above it. And that, when I look at that, it's like my mind only has to take in the chair and the painting. Right. And in my mind, my it's like for me, um, after trauma, I, I recognized that I think my minimalism got even stronger because I finally just wanted space for my soul and my being to exist. And I just don't really care that much about stuff. And I'm not saying that like, like when I get another way to put that is that like, I hear people talk about like, oh my gosh, like if someone like broke in my house and I have to sit there and think if someone broke in my house, the only thing I can think of that I would care about would be dad's paintings mm-hmm. that would make me sad. If, if someone broke in my house, the only thing I can think of that would make me really sad is like dad's I'm, paintings. Yeah. I'll say like, you and probably should like, say well, it on the podcast. Well what about like what about like that quilt? I'd be like, Yeah, it's eh. just a quilt. You know, like I just don't have and part of that I've always kind of been like that. But I do not like having a lot of things. I was one of five kids and there was just always, we always had to have stuff because there was, you know, five of us. Um, and I don't know, things to me drain my energy. Sophia. Okay. I feel like you might be like this too, because I'm, I'm your daughter, right? Uh And we're really similar. So Uh 
I've also learned about myself recently is that I am very, uh, was it observe? Observant? Observant, yes. I, uh, like, I try to take in, like, as much information as I can about, like, the area I am, like, the, my surroundings. Right. And so I feel like when I'm in a maximalist, a maximal maximalist max yeah mm-hmm. like that house mm-hmm. i am focusing on every detail everywhere and it's like you said it's like a mm-hmm. bunch of energy or it's a bunch of things that i'm trying to piece together and think about all these different things mm-hmm. and for me how my brain works it's more relaxing and i'm able to breathe more when it's minimalist because it's just the necessities right mm-hmm. now that's interesting because that's where i'm different though than sophia in the sense that I am a minimalist, and this, I think, might have to do with just my age and, and where I'm at just maturity-wise yeah. like as a person. Yeah, double our age. I'm, a min- so I'm 50, so I'm a minimalist that can literally relax in a max in a maximus home. Mm-hmm. Like, I could go into a home of someone who had stuff all over the walls and be like, cool, like, See, sweet. But when I have to be in charge and function, when it's my space... I want it to be minimalist. I agree, though. I feel like I can relax, mm-hmm. ne- like, especially now. I'm yeah. a lot better with that. Right. That I can relax in that environment. Right. But it, when it's my choice, right. I'm like, I would rather have simple. Right. When it's my environment. Yeah. What about you, Mara? So, okay. So, listening to Angie and Sophia. So, I've only ever had very small spaces for myself, and mm. I've only ever... I've not been given, like, space and permission, not Mm. that I need permission to do anything, but I haven't ever had a space that's truly mine where I can spread out that has room for all my stuff. Right now I've, I I have boxes and boxes and boxes of books that are packed away that I don't have access to because I don't have the space for them. Mm -hmm. And, but the space I do have is taking up with things that I need, so I guess... I end up living in a very, what feels like a very maximalist space. Mm-hmm. Or it feels maximalist, but I'm living in what would be better suited for a minimalist lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I like collecting things. I like having, like, I like having a, a closet of clothing. And I like being able to have shelves and shelves of books that I read. I mm-hmm. like being able to have, I do a lot of, hobbies that involve yarn so I like being able to have all my yarn available Mm -hmm. and a lot of that comes too with my ADHD if it's not visually there it might as well not exist Mm. so I have a whole horde of yarn that I don't touch because I can't see it on a daily basis and I guess it's one of those things that for people who don't need to see stuff or who seeing stuff overwhelms them visually, emotionally, mentally, whatever, that could, I could definitely see how they would be better suited to a more minimalist minimalist lifestyle Mm. um, and setup. But, like, I I would definitely classify myself more as a maximalist. I know where things are. They have a place. Mm -hmm. It might not seem organized to other people, but it's organized to me. Like, the top of my dresser, mm-hmm. it's a mess. However, I know where every single pair of earrings is on top of that. <laughs> I know the necklaces that are up there. Right. I also know that there's, like, some hair product-y stuff and a couple of makeup brushes up there. Mm-hmm. But it looks like a disaster zone. <laughs> <laughs> Bomb went off. Yeah. What about you, Morgan? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with Mara. I'm definitely a maximalist. 
Sophia teases me because <laughs> in high school, mm-hmm. minimalism was, like, all the rage. Oh, it was so big. So mm-hmm. I bought, I even, like, bought a book on how to be a minimalist. Was it the Marie Kondo one? No, it was by Michelle Fawn, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. She was, a, like, a makeup YouTuber. I think I got you one for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to cycle back around to the Marie Kondo as the one last thought thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. At the end. Yeah, so, um... I thought I was a, m- a minimalist because everybody was, right? At, like in 2017, but it was really big, like the white, mm-hmm. yeah, like mm-hmm. white walls, brown, cream neutrals. like yeah, and you still have a lot of creams and neutrals mm-hmm. in your home. I know, <laughs> yeah. Well, I live in an apartment, and so I don't like paint the walls or anything. Right. So like all my walls are white, and um, I can't really like do anything to my kitchen, and also like my apartment. It's temporary, mm-hmm. as in, like, we're going to move. Yeah, you can't really paint it. Yeah, we're going to yeah. move eventually. So, right. like, I don't want to hang a bunch of stuff on the walls because I'm just going to have to take it all down. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I definitely am a maximalist. Like, like a stack of books. Oh, such a great is display. Like, sexy right. to oh, me. Right. Sexy. Yeah. It yeah. is. You see <laughs> a stack of books there. You see like, a stack yes, of books. Like, you and you're like. Aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, you're like, wow, it right. looks so nice. <laughs> yeah. A stack of books and, like, a vase of flowers yes. right next to it on the side table. Uh, yes. And, like, what I what I love recently is, like, candle holders. Like, mm-hmm. like if I ever find a candle holder mm-hmm. at, like, Goodwill or something, I want to buy. Oh, yeah. I want to buy. Like, Mara was saying, like, she mm-hmm. has boxes of books. I have a box of stuff that I'm going to use in my next house, and it's literally, like, there's a ceramic goose head. There's a, there, there's candle holders there's mm-hmm. that I'm not using, but, like, they're in a box because mm-hmm. I'm going to use them on a random shelf in my new house when I, eventually. They're just, like, kitschy. Candle holders. Knick-knacks. Yeah, I have, like, so, so many pieces of art that I haven't hung up yet. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah. So anyways, I, I love maximalism. And I think the psychology for me is like, when I think of a, like a cozy, relaxing place, I think of like a cottage mm-hmm. where it's like mm. covered in vines and plants mm. and inside it's like dark with candles and books, tons of books. And the kitchen yeah. is small, right. but it has like Pots and pans teapots on the wall. And, yeah, yeah, and teapots on the stove, kettles on the stove and stuff like that. And yeah. so I just love yes. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that's why I think I'm a, a maximalist because I love mm-hmm. art and stuff and I love to look at, like, art and stuff. And it doesn't really overwhelm me, mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. we were saying. So. Yeah. And also I would say that um, your, your life, you might change as you go through life. Because yeah, I was married for 22 years to a maximus. Yes. <laughs> and I think that he also increased my minimalism desire because yeah. when you're, when you have to share space with someone else's stuff, that it's very different than sharing space with your own stuff. This is very true. And so I was with somebody, you know, um, I was, you know, my, my late husband, um, you know, Rob was an artist. And so I would literally come home and there would be like 
doors that he was like gonna like like doors like full-blown doors leaning against the wall yeah that he was gonna decoupage with like maps and atlases and, those are like, so cool stuff. and it's I like i love those yeah, like but you weren't a mom with two kids and a job trying to organize a house <laughs> no but i can see? tell you my missionary do you stories. see what i'm saying i so, can tell you my missionary you know so it's after. like when you've lived with when you've lived with the Maximus, they they can be someone who tends to just literally go like they they just like go out into your space and That's and me. if if you let them, they will literally push you out. That's like you will me. have no room. Yeah. And I, I I'll tell you this story really quick. When we moved in this house, boundaries. exactly. When we moved into this house, well, I didn't know boundaries because I was so stuck in the narrative. Right. But when we moved into this house. Um, it was very interesting because Rob were sitting in my late husband, Morgan and Sophia's dad, um, his studio, which I would say, would you say this is what? 300 square feet, 200 square. It's gotta be two or 300 know. square yeah, feet. Yeah, It's a big room. It, this is a big room. Yeah. I'm going to say, let's just say it's 300 square feet. Yeah. And this was his studio. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was all his art stuff. Right, I remember it was that. literally his. Mm-hmm. He could have anything he wanted in here. If he wanted to have an orangutan in here, he could get a cage <laughs> and put an orangutan in here. Okay. Yeah. So literally playing. this was, this was Rob's face. So he kind of, he comes to me one day and he says, um, Hey, I was wondering like, you know, and I don't want to like make you mad or anything, but like, how would you feel about us using the master bedroom closet no. to store paintings in. No. My master bedroom closet. And I was like, wait, what? Okay. At this house, he has a 300 square foot, which we're sitting studio. in right now, studio, a workshop mm-hmm. full of his stuff. And I am running the entire house logistically. And I had a desk. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that desk. A yeah. desk. I remember that desk. Which even that was community property. Because even ki- the kids would even sit at that and do the computer and stuff. So even that wasn't 100% mine. So when oh, you yeah, live we, with a maximalist, over too. they literally can start to push you out in yeah. ways. So I think now that I'm on my own and have been on my own for almost five years, that's another reason mm-hmm. that, that, so I'm just saying you guys might go through seasons of your life that will change that for you just because of things that you go through. That's real. It's true, really actually. interesting. And yeah, definitely. Especially because, you know, I had a season in life on my mission. So Mormon missions, for those who don't know, um, you're paired up with a companion or with two other missionaries, mm-hmm. um, of the same gender as you. And those, People switch on six-week rotation, sometimes more, a lot of the times more. You would probably be with someone for about three months, um, and then you'd change. Right. Um, and changing means either you left the area you were assigned to, or the other person left the area that you had been assigned to, and you would get a new person. Mm-hmm. Um, but that meant that as a missionary, you got to live off of what you could fit into two suitcases. Right. Two suitcases. Um, and it was really funny on... Transfer days is what we called them when we would move around. It's really, really funny on transfer days because you would see some of the boy missionaries, the elders, um, pull up to transfer days at the at the at the church buildings with full weight sets in right. addition to their two sets of clothing. But they're like, it was things that other elders who had been in the apartments because the missionaries we all stay in like the same 
apartment in an area. And right. we just rotate in and out of that apartment. Right. So, for one, you had to be able to pack your stuff up with two days' notice. Right. Because we were told about transfers Monday night, and then transfers happened Wednesday. Right. Ugh. So you had to be able to pack everything and then be ready to go within two days. And so that would meant we had to gather all your stuff from across the apartment. And to be fair, most missionaries did a really good job about keeping their stuff contained. I remember, though, there was one apartment I was in. I There were two bedrooms upstairs, and then there was a downstairs part to the apartment. Um, and... My companion got the closet on the one side of, in the one bedroom. We, mm-hmm. we shared the room, but this is the, my companion got the closet on the one side, and I got the closet in the other bedroom that we used as our quote-unquote study room. I could not keep a closet clean to save my life. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and again, I will refer back to my ADHD. I, could, I had difficulties folding clothes. I had difficulties hanging clothes up. In closets, I just could not keep it together. And so my clothing would sit in my suitcase mm-hmm. and just sit there and get wrinkles. And obviously I ended up, it, it, it just, it kind of sort of slowly spilled out across the room. And we had these times that were called like our planning times. And at the end of it, you were supposed to do a companion in, companionship inventory where you sat down and you, you, you just basically hashed it all out with your part, with your companion and be like, okay, look, this is what you've done really great. This is what is really bugging me about you. Mm-hmm. This is what you need to fix. Yikes. Oh, my. Right? Yikes on so, bikes. So you're saying yikes on bikes, but oh, my God. You have 18 to 24-year-olds. Mm-hmm. That's how old they are. So you're telling wow. 18-year-olds this is what you need to sit down and sort out this interpersonal stuff. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Christ, mm-hmm. Lord have mercy on our souls. Anyways, so it, it's just really interesting seeing, like, a lot of the missionaries showing up to transfer days with definitely more than the two suitcases. Like, I had a companion who, she definitely had more than two suitcases. She had more, like, four suitcases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Be- and it was okay because she had, and it was also it was also a thing that they were trying to make it so that the missionaries were on the same playing field. You all have the same amount of stuff. You all have the same amount of quote-unquote money. Um, you don't show someone else up. I know this one particular sister missionary had, like, four suitcases and of, like, designer clothing that she would be going out in. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Alrighty then. Anyway, yeah. so it's, I am very much... Yeah, that makes sense. It, it, it's, so that's what I'm saying. Your experiences really affect you. I had to live as a minimal. Right. right. So yeah. I had to live as a minimalist See, for yeah. a year and a half. Yeah. And then when I got back, I had nothing that wasn't from my missionary mm-hmm. time. So I had to rebuild. And I'm still finally at a point where I have rebuilt my life, my wardrobe, whatever, to a place where I feel comfortable. Yeah. Now. And that's what I'm saying. Our, our journeys, they and, and, it'll, and it could change throughout your life. Oh, yeah. For depending sure. Depending on other things you go through. What was your one more thing? Oh, so my Marie Kondo. So, yes. all right. So Marie Kondo, I know that we had mentioned her um, earlier when Maria was reading um, the minimalist definition. Um, and I, I had a little bit of a bone to pick with that because Marie Kondo is, she pre, the, the, the way that I remember her book, The Art of Tidying Up, um, she teaches in the book, that you keep things that spark 
Joy. Joy. Right. A lot of people, however, have taken it and they, they like, to verb the mm-hmm. phrase Marie Kondo um, is to is to become minimalist. That's what they're essentially saying. Oh, she's telling you to throw everything out. When, like, if you look at her show, if you read her book, she's not saying get rid of everything. She says, look at what you have. Does it spark joy? Right. And if it does spark joy, keep it. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, you think it... And you pass it on to someone else that right. will that it will spark joy in. And so I think that honestly is like the most healthy way to approach those kinds of things. Right. Definitely. Instead of saying, Oh, I'm hundred percent minimalist or oh, I'm like totally maximalist yeah. is I have things that make me happy. Yeah. Yeah. And and I we're only gonna keep do the things that make me happy. We're gonna do an yeah. episode on this really what this is too, is this ties into knowing yourself. Oh, 100%. Because oh, yeah. a lot of this is knowing yourself, which, it, we're, you know, so many people, and, and we talk about, like, you know, in the narrative and in that, you know, narrative of, of, like, it you don't really know who you are, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, like, knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. And we should probably have an episode on defining the narrative and what that even means. Oh, that'll probably but, be ch- church culture. Yeah, just, exactly. And so mm-hmm. it's, like, when you really don't know who you are... You don't even know. You just know what you're supposed to like and what you're supposed to not like. And it even seeps down into not knowing really what you like and don't like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you've never had time or space to even know what you like or don't like. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't really know. Yeah. It takes time. I mean, honestly, you're 17. You have a lot of time. I didn't know what I liked until the last couple years. Yeah. Yeah. And it, cha- it changes throughout it your life. Change. Yeah. And, yeah, and you exactly. can, I think it's so cool to have, like, different phases and personalities throughout mm-hmm. your life. Like, oh, five years ago, my favorite color was yellow. Right. And I had yellow walls. Right. But now I love green and I want a green kitchen. So I'm going to change my kitchen. Like, yeah. you're allowed to do that. Exactly. And you, ne- like, you don't have to commit to having your kitchen look one way forever. Right, right. You can always change it. And that's why I say the narrative, when you think about it, it really does seep down into even those things. Because if you believe you're not allowed to change your mind, then you're not allowed to change your mind about anything. Yeah, exactly. If you're not allowed to change your mind about God, about faith, about, well, then you're not allowed to change your mind about how you want your room to look. Yeah, right. You know? It's about growth, too. Because how boring would it be if we had the same like interests our whole life and yeah, never exactly. change exactly you evolve like, oh, yeah man. you evolve yeah. you change you, totally you have phases yeah uh so, I, go ahead sorry oh no you're good something that i saw on tiktok that like i want to do down the like in the future is go fly somewhere like maybe out of the country or something mm-hmm. and have bring an empty suitcase and just mm. go and like shop and just get all my clothes for my trip like at stores from wherever I go. That's right. such a fun thing to do. I've seen a lot of YouTube videos on that. Yeah, yeah that's a fun idea. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah. Um, if you have anything to say or want to let us know about what you think about the podcast, feel free to reach out to us. Um, we'll put our... I'll put some of our social medias in the... In the show notes and stuff so you guys can... You guys can reach out and hopefully we'll make an email so you can email um, the No Apologies podcast and let us know what you think. Mm -hmm. Share this on any social media platforms. Tell people about it. Give us a good rating. And yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.